Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Would you stand to your feet? You're tremendous people, and I love you very, very much, and it's an honor to deliver the word of the Lord to you today. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very delighted that uh, the house is full. The house, first service was full. This house is full today. You people in the balcony look so good. I love you up there. God bless you. And all the people down here on the floor, thank you for being a part of what we're doing. The first week we talked about, we talked about living beyond PMA, beyond positive mental attitude. And then the second week we talked about that you never, ever need to give up. It's called persistence. Today we're going to finish this series on this subject, All God's Children Must Dance. Now we're not going to open a nightclub here. But it's a metaphor. All God, I've, never, I've never really preached a must in my life, but I'm preaching must here today because I think it's very important that you get a concept of what God is wanting out of your life. Life is not about mundane, mundancy. It's not about just going through the motions. Life is to really live, is to experience moments. There's two, there's two uh, Greek words for the word time in the New Testament. One is chronos, which is time calculated by calendar, the, the days, the weeks, the months, the years. And then the other is a, is a, is a time called charis. It's, it's those moments. It's those moments in life. And I think sometimes we get governed by a calendar when we should be governed by the precious moments that God gives us in our life. Because it's so easy to start tracking the clock and start tracking the calendar and just living life and just going through the motions of life. But today... I want to speak to you on all God's children must dance. God bless you. You may be seated. You're awesome, awesome people. David said in Psalms, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And then in 1 Thessalonians, Paul talks to the Thessalonican people. He said, one final word, friends. We ask you, dash, no, urge you. This is the message version. That's, uh, urge you is more like it. That you keep on doing what we told you to do to please God. Not in a dogged religious plod, but in a living, spirited dance. Amen. Amen. Before I go any further, I've got a dear friend that I love very much and I met him first in 1984 when he played for the Rams, but he is a prison pastor and has been doing prison work for right at 40 years, and I love him. He's my buddy. Would you please welcome Brother Mike Barber here. Brother Mike, would you stand up? I love you, man. I love you, man. It's an honor to have him. It's an honor to have him. We did prison ministry out at MLK on Friday night. He comes to MLK once a year. He does prison ministry every weekend, and I am so happy to be a part of his team. You can't read 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1, folks, without getting a distinct impression that the writer is saying, I hope you do more than just plod through life. Paul said, I hope you approach your life and your service to God like a living, spirited dance. Now, David was the Old Testament Paul, and he said, you have turned 
my mourning into dancing. He said, your anger is but for a moment, but your favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy does come in the morning. Now, I have, folks, I have perhaps what they call Baptist feet. That's a theological term for people that don't know how to dance. (laughs) My feet are devoid of dance moves. They really are. Now, I can shake. I can do the wild turkey up here, chicken up here, whatever. But kids have made fun of me for years at my attempts at rhythmic moves and dance moves. We used to make videos in our home on Sunday night. The kids come over every Sunday night that brought laughter to many and oh my gods from others. And the kids always tried to get me to dance. And I did a couple of times, kind of from the waist up, you know, like. (laughs) Never the feet, never the feet, never the feet. And when they started posting them, I resigned my skill set right now. (laughs) Now, many of you, I don't know how many of you, but many of you remember the 60s when they did the twist and the funky chicken and the Watusi and the locomotion and the jerk. The jerk was done by jerks. (laughs) Anybody that would snap their neck like that, they needed help. (laughs) And in the 70s, the hustle came along and the disco and the Texas two-step and hip-hop. And in the 80s, Michael Jackson gave us the moonwalk and break dance, and electric slide. And a lot of you have danced the hokey pokey. <laughs> and my daughter, the daughter you saw at her, at her, at her uh, wedding, we did, we did the, the Cupid shuffle. To the right, to the right, to the right, to the right, to the left. See, I can't do it. To the left, to the, now kick, now kick, now kick, now kick. Now walk it by yourself. <laughs> about all I can do. See, you're really making fun of me, but I, I'm all right with that. But I guess, you, I guess you heard about Hokey Pokey's funeral when he died. At the funeral, they couldn't shut the casket to take him to the cemetery because he kept putting his right foot in, taking his right foot out. <laughs> I discovered that the dance floor and me aren't compatible because I literally am a commercial of bad dancing waiting to be discovered and put on TV. I also found that many of the things that I take for granted in my life that come fairly easy for me and second nature are to other people what the dance floor was and would be for me. See, a Christian lifestyle to some people is as awkward as me on a dance floor because there's some people that have never understood how to enjoy a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we are governed by things that are temporal Instead of dominated by things that are eternal. And there is nothing temporal that is greater than the eternal in your life. But if you have the desire to dance, metaphorically speaking, live upbeat, live joy-filled lives, enjoy the abundance of laughter, songs, and celebration, and live with hope and not despair, I've got four words for you. You can do it. Everybody say, I can do all things. Leon Womack sang a song in the year 2000. I have the words for you. She said, I hope you never lose your sense of wonder. I hope you get your fill to eat, but always keep that hunger. May you never take one single breath for granted. God forbid love ever leave you empty handed. I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean, 
Whenever one door closes, I hope one more opens. And promise me you'll give faith a fighting chance. And when you get a choice to set it out or dance, I hope you dance. I hope you never fear those mountains in the distance. Never settle for the path of least resistance. Living might take might mean taking chances, but they're worth taking. Loving might be a mistake, but it's worth making. Don't let some hell-bent heart leave you bitter. When you come close to selling out, reconsider. Give the heavens above more than just a passing glance. And when you get a choice to set it out or dance, I hope you dance. I hope you dance. I hope you dance. I hope you dance. Time is a wheel in constant motion, always rolling along. Tell me who wants to look back on their years and wonder where all those years have gone. I hope you dance. That's my message today. And I'm using dance again as a metaphor. Because the importance of dance is stressed by the father of the prodigal son in Luke 15. When the prodigal son had come home from the hog pen and come home from riotous living, the dad threw him a party. Had a calf, had a robe, had a ring, had shoes for him. And the the elder brother wouldn't come in out of the field to join the party. But there was music and there was dancing because a lost son had been found. And then Jesus, the son of God, also had a dance party in Luke 10 when the disciples came back and said, demons are subject to your name. And he said, don't rejoice over that, but rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible said, and in that hour, he leaped for joy. He leaped for joy in the original Greek, which means he agaliahoed. He got excited and just jumped like a Toyota commercial. So what I'm saying, if the father of the prodigal can dance because something has been lost and now found. And if Jesus Christ can dance because our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Somewhere between my finding and my finality, there needs to be some joy of dance in my life. There needs to be some joy because if the ones that's saving me, if the person that's saving me is so excited about saving me, why can't I get excited about being saved by that person? Come on, I hope you dance. We can't exclude ourselves from the kind of dancing God has intentionally choreographed for creation. There's a soul movement and a spiritual rhythm that pulses throughout the universe inviting us to participate in the dance, in a joyful response to life. And this dance doesn't take any special skills or any kind of certain shoes. You don't have to wear Michael Jordans to do this. Nor does it require a good band or a flawless floor. Anyone can join in at any time as long as they have access to one necessary attribute. And that attribute is three little letters, joy. Joy. Everybody say joy. You can't dance without joy. You can't move without feeling joy. You can't stay in rhythm without hearing joy. You can't whirl with your partner without holding on to joy. And you can't keep going without the endurance of joy. Joy is the music of the soul. Now before I go any further, I want to give you two of my neatest illustrations about this thing called joy. You know, you know, you that have been here a long time know that I'm a Charles Schultz fan. I love Charles Schultz. I love peanuts. I love Snoopy. In fact, when I used to travel by myself, when I was a young single preacher, I had a stuffed dog. Guess who it was? It was Snoopy. It was about this big. And Snoopy was my best friend. So help me. I know you think I'm crazy, but I used to talk to that dog. He didn't ever say anything back. It's funny, but I used to talk to him. I guess people thought that's kind of crazy, but I'm still here after all these years. But when I got a wife, Snoopy had to leave. 
But in this one, in this one thing, I call him the hound of heaven. But in this one thing, in this one, in this one Peanuts cartoon, Snoopy is constantly leaping with joy. But he also knows the humiliation that comes from being a dog. But he also knows the inherent joy of life. And on one occasion, he moves into deep meditation and contemplation as he watches Linus and Charlie Brown pass by. In a series of very ponderous philosophical meditative words, he says, I wonder why some of us were born dogs while others are born people. Is it just pure chance or why is it? Somehow, the whole thing just doesn't seem fair. And then he emerges from his meditation and goes tripping away, concluding this question. Why should I have been the lucky one. <laughs> I read a book one time about a man that raised dogs and he wrote this. He said, the more I know about dogs, the less I like people. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that a dog will meet you at the door no matter what kind of day you've had? He's always had a good day. Isn't it amazing his tail's always wagging? He's always excited. He'll jump up and lick you right now. Because it don't matter what kind of day you've had, he's always been waiting on the master. Wouldn't it be nice if we could start tripping through life like that and understand that we have a master that is so much greater than us to a dog? He is to us. And we ought to get excited about that. I'm preaching now. The second picture that I want to paint is that of a novice nun in a lilting musical called The Sound of Music. And anyone who ever saw that play or that movie can't forget the sparkling, flighty, sparrow-like girl gliding through the fields, her habit blowing in the wind as she sings, the fields are alive with the sound of music. Or as she leaves the children singing on their flight from, to freedom and safety. The problem is, how do you deal with a person like that? How do you deal with one of those people that's never sad? How do you deal with one of those people that's always up, that's always got the vigor and vim and vitality? How do you do that? Ah, life is bad on my side. Well, life's bad for everybody. But some people stand on top of it and some people let it get on top of them. I'm preaching now. I'm going to get better in just a minute. So Mother Superior has this problem. With it, and she sings about it. How do you solve a problem like Maria? I, I don't sing either real well. How do you catch a flower and pin it down? Many a thing you know you'd like to tell her. Many a thing she ought to understand. But how do you make her stay and listen to what you say? How do you keep a wave upon the sand? Or how do you solve a problem like Maria? How do you hold a moonbeam in your hand? So I'm looking at a little dog named Snoopy. I'm looking at a little nun named Maria. Somehow, somehow, the writer of Peanuts knew that a dog had joy. And the, the, the person that made the, the, the beautiful musical, The Sound of Music, knew that there was somebody that needed to have joy. We love to watch people with joy. We love to see puppies with joy. We love to see life with joy. Here's what I'm telling you. You're children of God here today. You're children of God here today. You are written epistles read of all men. And somebody in this house ought to walk out of here smiling their heads off today. Excited about the day. Excited about tomorrow. Excited about what's happening in their life. Because I believe all God's children must dance. Amen. That's just the way it is. See, Jesus tried to talk to his disciples to hear the music. Some people just don't hear the music. Sometimes we're too sedentary to hear the music. Because God speaks of the act of worship. He doesn't talk about sits of worship or stands of worship. It's an act. 
Worship is an act. In order to dance, you've got to hear the music. Does anybody hear the music? Jesus implored his disciples to hear the music. And he told them how to hear. He said, until now, John 16, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Then he stopped and he said, ask, just ask that you receive, that your joy may be full. Now listen to me. I know we ask about, about clothes. We ask about car payments. We ask about rent. We ask about new houses, new jobs. Why don't we stop sometime and say, Lord, I'd like to have a big old boatload of joy today. Why don't we ask God for stuff? Why don't we just, we, we ask, we have not because we ask not. And when you don't ask God for something, there's sometimes I wake up and I've got problems I got to face that day, but I walk into the mirror and I look at myself and that doesn't help me anymore either. You know what I'm saying? It don't help me anymore. But when I look up to the Lord, I say, Lord, I don't need a new car. I don't need a new house. I don't need a new wife. I need some joy in my life today. You know what he does? He sends me a smile. He sends me happiness. He sends me contentment. And I walk out of the house and I'm doing like Snoopy. I'm just doing the dive. I'm doing the things of God because God wants his children to dance. Amen. See, I think that joy, I think joy is, is a, lot of, a lot like a highway. There's a highway called joy. In fact, I was at a town one time, and they had a joy bypass, and I went ahead and took it. Because I didn't, if it's a joy bypass, it must have been trouble in town. So I took the joy bypass, true, true story. But there's a lots of highways in the Christian walk, and there's 200, if I've, if I've done my math right, there's 265 Joy, joyfully, joyous, rejoice. There's 265 of those in this word, Old Testament, New Testament. So I call them 265 highways. Now, we've got several interstates. We've got eight or nine that go north and south and eight or nine that go east and west. Seven or eight go east and west. But can you imagine if God placed 265 wonderful highways of joy in your life? And many people are saying, well, pastor, I don't know how to get joy. Well, I want to explain it to you because I got to reading on some of these joys. You know, what, you know what some people get happy about? Because they had some grain come up in their crop. Because their children got up the next day. Because God gave them health. Because of things that didn't happen in their life. Because they have a good marriage. Because they have a good job. Because things are going well in their life. That's not happiness things. That's things to get joyful about. That's things to start dancing about. That's things to get excited about. I'm telling you, if you can't find nothing but, 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 but dirt roads and dead ends, you, you, you need to look for highways called joy in your life. Because the joy of the Lord is really your strength. Nehemiah 8 and 10. It's really your strength. If you want strength in your life, Look up and say, God, put a big grin on me today. I need some joy in my life. Come on. It's time at the end of summer to go into the fall with a dance spirit that says, I'm going to be happy and joyous in the Lord my God. Clap your hands and rejoice. Get on the highway called joy. See, a person on a spiritual path of blessing needs to put himself or herself in joy's way. For you don't create joy the same way you create happiness. Instead, we discover it by making ourselves available to it, getting on its path. Rabbi Halal, who was Gamal in the Bible, who, who talked to Paul and, and, and educated Paul for three years. He was his father or grandfather, according to history. In history, he wrote this one time. He said, I get up, I walk, I fall down. Meanwhile, I keep dancing. Say it with me. I get up, I, get up. I, walk, I walk, 
I fall down. Meanwhile, I keep dancing. I like what Micah said in 60. He said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I know I'm going to fall. I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. I'm just telling you that there is a vastness of joy that wants to baptize this house today. There's a good thing called joy that wants to baptize this house. Would you clap your hands real big all over this place? Here's a question. When you fall down, can you keep on dancing? See, some of us fear humiliating ourselves, And that fear keeps us from dancing in life. And we think that two left feet and no sense of rhythm dooms our effort before we even get on the floor. Inferior spirits, is that two left feet in your life? Perhaps perplexed by life, is that two left feet in your life? Perhaps dizzy with regrets and paralyzed about the future, is that some of the things? What about your laughter being replaced by timid tears? There are people here this morning with regrets because of bad choices. And guilt are tugging at their soul and nagging their minds and sapping their spirits of real joy. See, some fear causes us to run and some fear causes us to freeze in our tracks. I'm fixing to preach now. There's an old story about a little boy who was visited. His grandparents on their farm. And he was given a slingshot to play in the woods with. And he practiced in the woods, but he could never hit the target. So he got discouraged. And he headed back for dinner. And he was walking back. He saw his grandma's pet duck. And out of impulse, he let the slingshot fly and hit the duck square in the head and killed it right now. He was shocked and grieved, started crying. In panic, he hid the dead duck in a wood pile only to see his sister watching. She, did, she had seen it all. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. But after lunch the next day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. And Sally said, Grandma, Johnny told me he wanted to help you with the dishes today. <laughs> and she went over and whispered to him, remember the duck. <laughs> so Johnny did the dishes. Later that day, Grandpa asked if the kids wanted to go fishing. And Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help me make supper. And Sally smiled and said, Grandma, Johnny really wants to help you make supper tonight. He wants to learn how to cook. Then she whispered again to him, remember the duck. So Sally went fishing and Johnny stayed to help. And after several days of this, Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, he finally couldn't understand it and couldn't take it any longer. And he comes to his grandmother and he confesses, Grandma, I killed your duck. And Grandma knelt down and gave him a big hug and said, Sweetheart, I know. You see, I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. But because I love you, I've already forgiven you, and I was just wondering how long you'd let Sally make a slave out of you. I want to preach a little bit. What's keeping you? What is Sally or Satan digging up on you to keep you from dancing, to keep you from having joy? What hidden weights are keeping your feet fixed to the floor? What's making a slave of you and keeping you out of joy's way? Is it a lie somebody told or you told? Is it fear? Is it hatred? Is it unforgiveness? Is it the past? Is it money? Is it guilt? Is it anxiety? Is it despair? What's making you hindered from the joy of the Lord? I'm here to declare to you this morning that God sees it all. He's already seen it. You've already repented. He's already forgiven you. Now get it out of your life. Put a smile on your face. And let's go to heaven together. And let's rejoice in the spirit of joy. Hallelujah. 
Here's what I love. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me all you are weary and, heavy and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And take my yoke on you and learn of me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. And my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Isn't that beautiful? That's the new international version. Now watch the message version. Same scripture. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me. And you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. And watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Say it with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The thing that makes living for God hard is your regrets and your past. Living for God is easy when you live for God. You know what? I can do those unforced rhythms of grace. I don't even have a rhythm. Watch this. I can do that. I can do that. I can just walk through life. I'm telling you, I'm a child of God today. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God today. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God today. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a child of God today. I'm no longer bound by yesterday. I'm a child of God today. And I will... Have the unforced rhythms of grace in my life. There's a bird in, in Europe called the Chad Finch bird. And it, it's a singing bird. And when, when people get them at their house, that bird can sing like no other bird. It's called a Chad Finch. But sometimes that bird can forget how to sing. It's amazing. They can forget how to sing. And so when that bird forgets how to sing... It either gets real discouraged, disappointed with life, and many times dies, dies early. Because it was born to sing. And you were born to live abundant life. Hallelujah. Some of you have forgot how to sing. You forgot how to enjoy life. Well, I'm preaching to you right now. I preached to some prisoners on Friday, and my heart went out to them. And I told Mike, I said, Mike, I don't ever, I don't ever boast in the... And myself, but I boast in the Lord. I said, I've never, I've never touched people like I did on Friday night. I said, I'll preach better sermons, but I'd never preach anything better than what I did to touch those young men. Because I wanted them to know, and I'm going to tell you this morning, Jesus loves every one of you folks. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Amen. By grace are we saved through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I can, I can do the unforced rhythms of grace. And so the only way that a Chad Finch can learn how to sing again is to be taken back to the woods, into the environment, and hear the other birds singing, and he gets his song back. That's why church on Sunday morning is so important. That's why church coming to the house of God is so important. Not that you're going to get a miracle every time. Not that something's going to happen awesome, and the heaven's going to open, and you're going to see a huge huge concussion of sound. It's not about that. It's about coming and hearing these other birds that have the same problems that you have and hearing these other sparrows and these other robins and all these people and they're singing unto the Lord a new song and you get your song back and hear a preacher preach that the joy of the Lord is your strength and you get your joy back. I want you to walk out of here today with a step like you've never had in your life. We're leaving August. We're leaving August attitudes but we're leaving because every child of God must dance in their life. 
Come on, it's time to have the joy of the Lord in your soul and in your spirit and in your life. I'm almost done. See, David, David was in a pit. David was lost. He was in Sheol. He was down. And he was hiding. He was running from Saul. He was trying to keep himself alive. But in Psalm chapter 30, he's received healing from the Lord. He's been delivered from the pit. He has been released from the clutches of Sheol, hell. Therefore, his sole response is to dance with joy. Now, he doesn't wonder for the reason of his illness now because it's gone. He doesn't worry about his worthiness now because that's gone. God's made him worthy. He cheerfully praises God with his restored voice, shaking off the death grip of silence that had held him down in the pit. See, the sedentary stance of mourning is cast off. Cast off. Sadness is turned to dancing. The sackcloth of misery is shucked off. And the psalmist now is clothed in joy. He's clothed in joy. He's clothed in joy. See, from death's door to the dance floor. That's what I'm preaching about today. I remember when I was at death's door. And I remember when I got to the dance floor. I remember when my joy came back. I'll never forget the tragedy in 81, how my joy came back. And it came back a whole lot quicker than I thought it was. And I was laughing before I thought I would. Because God wants everybody to have joy in this life. He wants you to have joy in this life. And although I still miss my boy and, and my first wife, I miss, I, miss their, I miss them. But even though they're, they're not here anymore, I will tell you this. I still have the God of heaven in my life. And God has blessed me in my life. And I'm joyous. I'm joyous in my life. And even though I can't dance, I'm going to try to right now. I'm going to try to dance a little bit right now. Because there's joy in my life. There's contentment in my life. There's peace in my life that passes understanding. One man said it best. You might want to get your cameras out and put, I'm going to put this on the screen. You might want to take a picture of this and put it on your refrigerator. He said, brokenness is realizing he's all we have. Hope is realizing he's all we need. And joy is realizing he's all we want. Do you have joy this morning? Can you still dance? I close today. And I've got to make a quick close. My last point is you must decide what direction you will take in life. You've got to decide. You got to decide that. So, sedentary people, you know, when you sit down, and if you ever played cards, you know you deal cards clockwise. Everything you do when you're sedentary, everything you do when you're settled down, you do clockwise. It's all about the clock, it's all about time. But have you ever noticed a jogger, you ever noticed a runner, you ever noticed the Olympics, you ever noticed racetracks? It's not clockwise, it's counterclockwise. It's running against time. Hallelujah. It's running against the clock. It's running against things in life. It's running against the things that want to put you on a time clock. You see, there's so many people that just live Friday to Friday. They just live every day in this mundancy, in this poor, pitiful me attitude, in this, oh God, I wish this day was over. Why? The next one's going to be just like it. Can I, can I talk to you just a minute, just a little bit? Because if today's not better, tomorrow won't be better. And the next day won't be better because it's a life set. It's a mindset. And the Lord came to change that. John the Baptist came under the law. Jesus Christ came under grace. And he changed us. He changed this whole dynamic. He changed the whole paradigm, the whole shift. It's a, it's a brand new genre of living. There's something unique about this walk with Jesus Christ. 
I'm excited about it. I'm getting on a plane at 3.30 today and I'm going to Tulsa to meet 80 people to tell them about Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. I'm excited about it. I'm just, I'm blown away by what God's doing in our world and what God's doing in our life. Every day is a joy to be alive. I'm on this highway called joy. You need to get on that highway. You need to understand that God is with you today like he's with this pastor. He's with you. And you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. You're going to run against the clock. You're going to run with the clock. Here's the deal. Joy doesn't keep track of time. Joy is measured in minutes and hours and days. Joy fulfills. It overflows. It abounds. Joy doesn't know young or old, rich or poor, beginning or ending. Joy is the soul's response to the presence of the Lord in the fullness of time. To get in joy's way, put your life in a counterclockwise position. Go for it. Go for it. Race against time. Go against the clock and say, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to live by Karis moments, not by Cronus moments. I'm going to live by Karis moments. I'm going to make moments with Jesus Christ in my life. And every day that I live, I'm going to find a reason to be joyful. I'm going to find a reason to be excited. I'm going to find a reason to be thrilled. Now I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and Tony broke his back. That's not good. (laughs) But I want to find a reason to be joyous. Because my life does not rotate by the clock. My life is counterclockwise. I'm running against it and I'm telling you, joy of the Lord is still your strength. There's a little boy I wrote about in my book. I close today. A little boy I wrote about in my book who was a Hasidic Jew, about 14 years of age, taken to a concentration camp back in World War II. And when he got there, that one day they, they, he decided that the way they was going to kill him is put them all out in the cold and let them stand with no clothes and just stand barefooted on frozen ground and just let them die freezing to death. And after a while, they started falling out, you know. But this little old boy, when he was there, he heard the voice of his mother in his ear, son, you're Hasidic. And you are those that were born to dance before the Lord. And the young man kept hearing his mama say, you were born to dance. You must dance, son. You were born to dance before the Lord. And all of a sudden, he tried to pick up his right foot and it was stuck. The sole of his feet was stuck to the ice and he tried to lift it and he couldn't lift it. But with all of his might, he pulled it. And the sole of his foot stayed at the ground and he pulled up a bloody foot. And he started dancing in his own blood. He pulled the left, leg, left foot up and started dancing in his blood. And they let him do it for about two or three minutes. And they came out and got him and took him in. He said, what are you doing, son? You're hurting the morale out there. What he was doing was helping the morale out there. And in about two weeks, he got shipped home and he survived the Holocaust. By joy. By joy. You can survive anything. You can survive anything. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, you can survive anything. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, clap your hands and receive the word of the Lord today. I love you. I love you. Put that last scripture up, Psalms 119. Put it up. I love this. He said, the godless spread lies about me. But I focus my attention on what you're saying, Lord. They are bland as a bucket of lard. I love that. thought I'd leave that with you. While I dance to the tune of your revelation. The whole world just a bucket of lard. But you, Lord, 
are my revelation. Stand to your feet, you're awesome people. Clap your hands real big as you're standing because God's in the house. God's in the house. God's in the house. Thank you for letting me preach the gospel today. It's quitting time. It really is. It's quitting time. But I want our prayer partners to come, if they would, right quick. And I want you to bow your heads, you that are in the audience. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.